Now in year number six, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Everybody sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I do hope you'll share it with your friends and family. Cheers. And welcome to episode 308 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I appreciate you checking out this episode. This is the next in my line of preview episodes for 2024. In just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Duck of the Purple Rain podcast. I had Duck on last year. Great conversation, and we're going to preview his beloved Fremantle Dockers. Now, don't forget, folks, if you want to get your local footy club getting a shout-out during an upcoming episode, make sure you reach out to me. Tell me all about them. Give me some uh, great info there. I love uh, digging into the club's websites and their Facebook pages and that sort of thing and learning about what's going on at these clubs and uh, like being able to highlight them during the course of the year. Now, today's club of the episode are the Bruce Rock Magpies of the Eastern Districts Football League. The club was founded back in 1912 and the club's busy preparing for 2024, training on Monday and Wednesday nights. They're currently looking to fill out their uh, coaching list, seeking a Colts coach. And Bruce Rock is about 240 kilometers to the east of Perth because, well, to be honest, if they were 240 kilometers west of Perth, they would have a different nickname than the Magpies. They would be the Sharks, the Tuna, the Marlins, something like that. Uh, so I want to wish the Magpies the absolute best in 2024, and I hope they have a fantastic year. Now, let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Duck from the Purple Rain podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our guest for our Fremantle Dockers preview, and I am thrilled to have a great friend of the podcast, Duck from the Purple Rain podcast, back. How are you doing today, sir? I know it's a little toasty where you are. Hi, Craig. How are you, mate? Yeah, it's, um, we're going to hit 40, 41 degrees in Perth today, so <laughs> nice and hot. Um, a very, very, uh, very hot conditions so far this month in February. We've had a few, uh, I think we've had about five or six days over 40 degrees. It's just oppressive, to be honest, and I'm not sure how the, the teams are going about it, uh, both Dockers and the Eagles, given that the hot conditions. I know that um, the intra-clubs have been held very early in the morning, um, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting but yeah it's it's one of those things that I guess we have to deal with over here in WA it's it was funny someone in the media said oh we should be you know like there's a kind of a gap now where there's not much cricket on there's not much sport on like why why footy season hasn't started a bit earlier right and you know the the replies on Twitter were like mate it is literally like it it would it would kill people in Western Australia if they played here at the moment so uh yeah it's it's really hot but looking forward to the footy season cricket season's winding down and uh, footy season's cranking up now you know with with the game being played you know on such a large chunk of of earth clubs don't have there are not indoor indoor training facilities where they can actually get indoors and and yeah yeah, yeah you'd find the the um there are a few clubs uh, that have invested in some indoor stuff. I mean, um, Dockers in particular, they've got the Coburn Art. So um, they've got essentially, it's like, uh, I think it's a six basketball um, basketball uh, courts mm-hmm. and they're able to do some training within there. Um, so yeah, that's that's the case. I think it, it, what essentially happens is they just start earlier. You know, you just okay. start earlier, you, you beat the heat, you don't train in the mid, like, you know, you're doing more of your gym sessions during the middle mm-hmm. of the day. Um, uh, controversially, Collingwood, if you get, I know you're talking to the Collingwood guys, 
um, tomorrow, but ask them about what happened to their ladies' netball um, courts because they got state... Yeah, there was a lot of funding into doing with uh, state funding that went towards that. And, um, yeah, very controversial at the moment with their indoor centre that they've just um, rebuilt and announced and all that kind of rubbish. But, I mean, apart from WA... Right. I know the other states do get hot, but in terms of the heat, it would probably be only your, your Queensland teams that would deal with this similar kind of heat. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's look, it's it's just one of those things. I think, you know, the boys get on with it, they deal with it, yeah. and it, 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 it works to our advantage sometimes earlier in the season, mm-hmm. um, getting our fitness right up. But, yeah, it'll be, be interesting to see if, if this heat continues over the next month or two and we're playing. Yeah, because I know that, you know, like, uh, and, you know, this is just, you know, simply an observational thing, but I know like a lot of soccer teams and a lot of like teams in the NFL will actually have, and they actually have these here in, in North America where they have like these pressurized domes where they've, inf- they've inflated them. And like the NFL teams, especially in, in colder areas, like, you know, near the Cleveland area where I live, where they actually have like an actual football field under underneath this you know there's not seating there for thousands of people but it's it's basically it's you know the football size field that's underneath this dome so they can you know they can practice sometimes out of the elements out of the rain and that sort of thing so yeah i mean i i just didn't know if they i didn't think they would have anything that would be large enough to allow them to do any of the actual you know in-game activity nah, not, yeah, not really they would have we don't have the, yeah yeah don't have the infrastructure don't have the money yeah. yeah i didn't think that would i didn't know if they would have anything like that or not yeah so um I don't think the year quite went the way you were hoping last year. I mean, you know, it was a lot of optimism, yeah. you know, bringing yeah. Luke Jackson in and thinking, okay, this is, this is the missing piece. You know, we're going to, we're going to get, uh, you know, Nat Fife's going to be coming back healthy. You know, actual results may vary. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're going to, mm. we're going to, we're going to get after it here. Cause you know, we, we got into the finals the year before and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go and, 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 you know, make a name for ourselves here. What went wrong? Yeah. Uh, well, essentially anything that could go wrong did go wrong. You know, like realistically on the injury front, we were quite blessed. We were lucky. Um, uh, Luke Jackson early on found his feet. He's still a young fella. He, he ended up having an outstanding season. But, yeah, he he struggled to find his his kind of um, him and Sean Darcy there. They're matching together. Um, but then when, you know, a little bit later on, we started to get it going and, and it looked really outstanding. Nat Fife, he looked in the preseason games like, I mean, we are talking about him winning the Brownlee and the Coleman. He looked so good in the yeah. forward line. That didn't work at all. Um, we tried to play Ethan Hughes on a wing. He's not a winger. Um, he's a defender. Uh, we lost Blake Akers. We, we really, as a club and, and as list management, they don't value wingmen. There's no value on wingmen whatsoever. Um, so we just roll, we, our wingmen just roll out and out and out. We've lost so many wingmen in the last, you know, 10 years, just about like, it seems like it's a, it's a rotating door on that wing. It's somewhere where I think, um, David Wall's our list manager, obviously he, he's our, he's a, he comes from a recruitment background. So he's a recruiting guy, but how much say he has on contracts is very interesting. I'm not sure how much it is, but I assume it'd be a fair bit being the list manager, um, but he seems, I, I think he's in that mode where because he's so good at drafting, he is like, I'll just replace a player. I'll replace a player. It doesn't matter. If they leave, I'll replace him. And, you know, guys like Blake Akers, we could have definitely used him last year. He was outstanding for Carlton, um, you know, and he didn't want that much money. 
He just wanted a little bit more than the Dockers were offering. Right, uh, right. Liam Henry, he's gone. Brad Hill's gone in the past. Ed Langdon's gone in the past. So, you know, that's four really quality um, wingmen. And, and Liam Henry had a bit of a breakout year last year as well. He's yeah. a little bit of a different one where, you know, like he's a young guy. He wants to live in Melbourne. He's going to get offered good money. So, you know... <clears throat> We got good money at, at uh, St Kilda, but the Dockers just don't want to offer that money. And you see what we've done. We've replaced on the wings now. We've got Jeremy Sharp. He wouldn't be on a big contract whatsoever. He's come from Gold Coast. He was a delisted free agent. Um, you know, so it's one of those things where I guess because we don't value wingmen, when someone offers someone else a big contract, especially on the wing or just a, a medium contract, we go, well, you can walk, you can go. So it's it's it's. I think it comes down to a. Um, like a philosophy of of how our list building is. Right, and I think right. it's one of those things that because David Walls is from a more, he's from the drafting side of things in the list management, his mindset, I believe, is always, well, I'll just pick someone up who's who can replace him. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, he has been bloody good at drafting, but it means where we are consistently a young side and it's, it's getting to the stage now. Well, next year, we've actually got three first rounders like we don't need young players anymore. We need to mm -hmm. we need to build on our like our already right. what we've got in our list and fill in the gaps and hopefully this young team can grow together and we can get back towards the finals. Well, you know, you mentioned you know the the, the salary issues and that was something I was going to 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 bring up. Um, are you worried about the club devoting as and I guess it's almost a necessity if you wanted. I guess it is a necessity if you wanted to have them there, but them devoting as much money to Sean Darcy and Luke Jackson as they have set aside, which, you know, as you said, is going to almost force their hand to maybe limit the amount of resources that they can put into the, into the, the wings and that sort of thing. Do you, do you worry about that sort of thing? Or do you think that, as you said, they, they don't, they don't value them. Do you, so they think they can plug in pretty much whomever they, you know, somebody that's got a pulse that knows which direction we're, we're kicking them all this, this quarter. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's 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 twofold, Craig. It's the fact that Luke Jackson is a freak. He's not, you know, and look, I've I've, I've always gone on the record, but I really like Luke Jackson. I think he's an outstanding player. I really love Sean Darcy. I think he's an outstanding player. But every single club is moving away from paying Ruckman. Every single club. And we are going to pay two Ruckman. Now, Jackson kicked four goals in intra-club and he may develop into a forward that can kick 30, 40 goals. And that would be awesome. He also may develop into a midfielder. But I guess the hard thing for me is that I saw Luke Jackson at the end of the last year play in the Ruck and he is unbelievably good. He's yeah. so good in the Ruck. And then you've got Sean Darcy, and we've decided to sign Sean Darcy to a massive long-term contract. Right, right. So that worries me because we've invested all this money into rucks, and we've seen it does not work. You do not need to pay a ruckman. You know, like you really don't. One, you don't need to pay one ruckman, let alone two ruckmen. Right, so right. if we do, you know, like I go back to the Carlton game in which we lost to Silvani plus one of the, I think it was Lockie O'Brien or something like that in the ruck. They had two undersized ruckmen. Right, and they, right. they absolutely pants us. They didn't just, like, it wasn't just like, oh, we lost that are towards that top end. You know, mm -hmm. I know Mason Cox is on a weird deal because he's, you know, he's American and things like that, but he was on a little bit of money. Darcy Cameron, he wouldn't be on a great deal. Right, you know, right. Um, and then you go across to who they play, Brizzy, like Brizzy Big O, like 
Yeah. You know, he's not on a massive contract. So like all these guys throughout time, now you need to have a solid ruckman. That's true. Yeah, like you do not need to have a dominant ruckman. Yeah, because there was like it does the, the one time it's worked is when Max Gorn and, and Luke Jackson, who happens right. to be in our team now. Right, um, right. And that that really worked for him. And it will it will get you wins in the season, which is important. But towards the top, it like the all good. All right. So there, you know, there was talk about uh, you know, Sean Darcy possibly heading back towards DeLong. Not that I was necessarily advocating for that at all, but you know, I I I'm I I I'm Pretty excited to see what Toby Conway does there in the next year or so, because I think this is probably going to be it for Reese Stanley. You know, the Cats, I think, are going to have a huge turnover here very soon, not unlike your crosstown Eagles. Mm. Now, yeah. I, 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 real quick, I wanted, I, when I talked to Waza King, who does, you know, the uh, uh, Eagle Nation podcast, he, he said something that I thought was rather interesting because I asked him about whether, you know, whether, he thought that the club should have gone after Harley Reed or traded to try to get more picks to to um to try to fill the the list out more, you know, getting you know some some like really good players, but maybe not that one great player. Cause I said, Are you worried, you know, with him being from Victoria? And he said, he said, and I don't know if Fremantle is doing this or not. He said that that one of the things that they have done as far as you know trying to bring in players from Victoria is that they have looked at players who play Vic country yeah, rather country than Victorian. rather yeah. than than in Melbourne proper because they don't have that linkage to Melbourne that the other the other folks have there so somebody yeah somebody, uh, that's yeah tell it's him, a, tell a, him yeah, I said hello yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no Vic, Vic Metro like if you look at what what uh, a lot of clubs are doing is mm-hmm. interstate clubs is they they look towards the Vic country kids um mm-hmm. Compared to the Vic Metro, Vic Metro seems to have a little bit of a more of that draw to come back to Vic, uh, to, to Melbourne in particular. Right. So if you look at someone like Harley Reid, who I think is from like out near Ballarat or something, I can't remember where exactly he's from. He's like from a small yeah, country town. Not, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, uh, in terms of the Eagles, I would have split the picks. Uh, I definitely would have done that. But Harley Reid might be a freak, and but they're going to be worse this year than they were last year. I think people need to understand that they're already getting a bit of an injury crisis. But that's Eagles for you, mate. They, um, yeah. you know, good things happen to good people, and uh, I, bad stuff's happening to the Eagles. As I, I was, I was going to say that's probably not breaking your heart. No, not really. It is a bit sad because they are so pathetic, but and they have been <laughs> such a champion club. But like it is, yeah. it's like you, you know what we'd actually love, Craig, is we'd love our derbies to be like the showdowns and where they have they are competitive. But the Dockers and Eagles have just been ships in the night. It, it's been very like since I think around twenty fifteen, we we're both really good, right? And apart from that, like either Dockers have been crap and Eagles have been good or the other way around. So like the derbies actually have been pretty non-competitive. Um, and it's a bit sad because, you know, like even throughout the history, they haven't really been super competitive. There's been the odd good game, but we've never really had this sustained period where the Dockers and the Eagles are good mm-hmm. um, or the Dockers and the Eagles are both bad even at the same time. Um, you know, that does happen, but at least around the same area. Whereas like, it seems like Adelaide and Port Adelaide, no matter where they are sitting on the ladder, they always have competitive games, which is, yeah, yeah just a little bit little bit different compared to us. And, like, obviously we want the Derby to be as popular as as the showdown, but it, it just isn't, to be honest, and it's it's not much of a competition. So, you know, it's, it's a bit sad given the state of WA footy. 
Um, but look, it's um, it's good to get some wins back on board against the Eagles because they they beat us for like uh, I feel like it was like ten in a row or something like that again. And like we got back to even on the the versus scale, and then yeah, they've just beaten us like they beat us like ten. I think we've won three in a row now, so you know the worms turned. Or it might even be five in a row. Um, you know, so things have turned around. But yeah, it's one of those things where they are uncompetitive, so it's kind of bit boring and like last year the first derby that was essentially the end of the Eagles season because they had uh Liam Ryan got injured uh yoga I think yoga got injured as well like they had three season ending injuries just about in in yeah. one game and they they nearly beat us to be honest but we managed to end up winning by about 40 points and just oh. blew them off the park in the last quarter but you know and, they, and again, it, that's a club you know that that it's fortunate that they're sponsored by Hungry Jacks because, you know, Adam Simpson has had to, you know, go through the, uh, the drive through at random times to see if he can find about 190 centimeter, however yeah. much they weigh so they don't weigh them anymore, player or person <laughs> there that says, hey, you look like you played some footy before. You want, you want to wear a blue, blue and yellow uh, jumper this weekend and play for us. Yeah, you know? it, it has been. It's Look, it's unlucky with their injuries. And it's mean their waffle team's been uncompetitive as well, which is a bit sad because – you know, they, they, I, I don't know why they're not aligned with Perth Footy Club. Like, we're aligned with Peel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great alignment. Now, Peel might not have much money left, and we're a bit, bit struggling on that. But our alignment with Peel's been successful on field, not necessarily off field. But, um, you know, Perth Footy Club, they have been a busted ass rabble for a long time in the waffle. Now, the waffle's only got like 10 teams, and I think they've made the finals once in the last 20 or 30 years, wow. you know, and in a 10 team or it used to be an eight team competition. That's not very good. And um, you, so and you would, you, and you, would th- you would think that if it's a club that is playing the players that are on their list that are not selected to play on game day, yeah. you would and think they, that they, that would club would actually would naturally be a more yeah. competitive side against some of the other. Exactly. Ones. The headquarters are at the same place. The only time right. Perth has made the finals is when during the COVID year when a lot of ex-Eagles players actually went down there, Fraser McGuinness, Chris Masson, and a couple other guys went down there and, and boosted the club. So, you know, like, and that was that was awesome. And, uh, you know, like, it is important to have success for all the waffle clubs mm-hmm. within WA footy. And I know we're talking more generally now, but rather than at the Dockers, but, right, right. you know, it is important. And it's important to have a strong peel and it's important to have, like, a strong Swan Districts and West Perth and East Perth and the two Fremantle sides. Like, right. that is important. So... You know, um, it's like it's it's one of those things that you need. Waff- if the waffle's strong, then then we're going all right in WA footy. Well, while we're talking about the waffle, and 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 this is this kind of is a roundabout way to get back to it here real quick, and we'll we'll jump back to Fremantle in a second. But while we're talking about that, you know, the 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 likelihood of the nineteenth club coming into Tasmania here in the next few years is mm. is likely going to be happening. You know, there's been talk about, and it makes sense that they would bring in a 20th club somewhere. Yeah. Um, do you think that that's a club that would come in into Perth, or do you think that they would be potentially you know, a third club there, or possibly? Yeah, potentially, definitely. It, it, like, it, it wouldn't be the worst idea. There, there's definitely, you know, especially if you. I mean, they're probably a bit late now because the Eagles will be back on the way up. But if you picked up some of those Eagles fans that are disgruntled with how the Eagles are going. You know, like Eagles have got so many members that are waiting in the wings as well. Like people that pay 50 bucks literally to be on the list every uh-huh. year. 
you know, like it's unbelievable. Um, so wait uh, a minute, hang on a second. They, you mean that they, they have like a cap in terms of how many members they're allowed? Yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. Because you can only have like you can only you have to once you fill up your seats, your mom, your members allocation. Then there's oh, no, you mean okay, like in terms exhaust. of like getting tickets to the yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got so you. Got I, you. Okay. I remember, I remember once upon a time, Craig, my one of my friends worked for um, the WA Footy Commission. Used to not work from auditor them. Uh -huh. And he used to obviously WA footy commission kind of own the Dockers and the Eagles. And he was like, mate, the people at the Eagles don't want to move to a bigger stadium because they're making so much money off people not being members, but are just waiting to be members. It's unbelievable. And like the Eagles have like $80 million. They're, they're like the richest club in, right, in Australia right. outside of Collingwood. They've got so much money. And the Dockers again, operating profit of 1.6 million um, this year. It's, I think this is the funniest thing, Craig, that I'm starting to, this is the thing that I'm starting to talk to. And this is this might be something if you ever talk to someone high up in, in footy circles, and I, I'd love to talk to Simon Garlic about it, but why do football clubs need profit? Like, why do they need to make a profit? Like, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're not like they're a business, but their their goal is not to make profit. Their goal is to win premierships. Mm -hmm. So like my reasoning behind that is, Okay, Dockers made $1.6 million in profit. Fantastic. Love that. All right. One, most of that profit comes from members as well. Like, so members, members are a part of that, but they also get, you know, deals from, from big companies and stuff like that. So that's fantastic. But the other right, thing right. is as well, is like you've got the soft cap and the mm -hmm. soft cap is soft. So you can go over it and you'll pay a tax. Now, what I would love the Dockers to do, I would actually prefer the Dockers make $0 profit. Don't make a loss, but make $0 profit. And they spend that $1.6 million that we've made in profit on the soft cap. Now you can spend an extra 800,000, I think it is, or it might even be less. And then you get taxed by the, you know, it's like going over the cap in the NBA or, right, you know, right. you get taxed, but I don't, I don't want the, like, I don't care if we make $1.6 million. I would prefer we spend an extra, let's say if it is, I've got to look into more of the details about it, but let's say if you spend $800,000 above the soft cap, then it actually costs you 1.6 because you so, send 800,000 to the, to the AFL. So you I want to prefer that you want to, I would prefer you want yeah, to invest I, that into getting some wings that yeah, are actually yeah, wanting yeah. to be there. No, it, it's not, not the, not the hard cap. You can't do anything with the salary cap, like the player okay. cap. It's the off field stuff. Okay. Like, but like let's, improving let's, the facilities. let's get better coaches. Yeah. Coaches and physios yeah. and, and, right. okay. and, you know, yeah. And like, look, this is the thing is that the soft caps actually set to the, the teams that can spend the least amount. So it, it it's has it's had a bit of a negative impact on on the on football programs because it was a bit of a spec there was an arms race okay. you know especially Collingwood and and the Eagles and stuff like that so again reiterating this into Eagles fans if I'm an Eagles fan I'm like let's get fifteen development like why do we need to make eighty million dollars like why like why do we need to have eighty million dollars in the bank let's spend let's spend as much money to develop these players to get as best they can or at this yeah. point in time get a get a physio for every single player on the list exactly get a one-to-one -one physio yeah <laughs> With the but that's it like have, yeah that's that's the thing and and clubs talked about during covid like staff members being stretched to their absolute limits and getting mm -hmm. asked to do more and more and more and the fact of the matter is is that even even the eagles lost some good people darren glass and stuff like that they lost some good people during this time um and like it's the same like i don't the doctors didn't necessarily lose good people but it's like Hey, we can spend more money. We're allowed to. You're allowed to go over the soft cap, hence the term soft. You just right, have right. to pay a tax. 
And I think once a club realises that, and I'd love to sit down with Simon Garlick and sit down with and just go, hey, so what, what is the actual reason why we need to make a profit? Can you explain that to me? Because I would say our charter is to win flags. It's not to make money. Right, and right. we've been through the greatest economic crisis of our lifetime in COVID. Right. I mean, the club survived that. And yes, it survived because the AFL propped us up. But I just think I'm like, all right, let's... um. Let's actually start spending this money on on other things. Like let's. It's, uh... it's a it's a it's an interesting aspect of the AFL because the AFL you know the AFL clubs it, it's not like sport here in the United States where the where the clubs are owned by yeah a, a, you know one or two wealthy businessmen or a consortium of businessmen who have pooled their money together to buy a team. Mm. It's it's the supporters of the club basically that are that own the club so you would i mean yeah, that makes, like that makes the, a lot the, of com, sense. the footy commissions like and that's it we paid a we pay a royalty to the to the afl um oh, sorry to the wa football commission mm-hmm. and so do the eagles they pay a royalty i think it's about a million bucks or something so they give money back to wa footy fantastic so that's okay the then after that like what what like if you think about it like this is what i think i'm like why do we need to make profit like and i'd love dockers members that are you know in the know and understand like i get it yep we could make a couple of hundred thousand just in what for a rainy day like the afl are going to bail us out they're not going to let frio go under you know what i mean so like i just don't i, I personally uh coming from a even from a business perspective i'm like well, what why is your you're like a non-for-profit why do you need to make so much profit you know, so yeah. it's not necessarily making no profit, even though I said that, like it's making less profit and putting more money towards our soft cap. It, it's you, would, it's I, utilizing, pay a tax. it's utilizing that profit for the betterment of the club. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, we don't want to be balance sheet champions every year. We want to be so, like, you know, we want to be the premiers. So does that, does that money end up getting that 1.6 million in profit, does that then get turned around and utilized as say, you know, do they have like, you know, throw some sort of like a big soiree or party for all of the, yeah. the, 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 you know, the, the, the yeah. people that the people that sit in the fancy boxes at, at, at Optus <laughs> stadium. And is, is it a big party at the end of the year for them? Or they uh, yeah, that's it. Like, I got no idea where that money, okay. like what it just sits in the bank, does it? And then you end up getting like, like the Eagles with the cash reserve of, of $80 million, which is if you're doing terribly and you got $80 million in the bank, like, what are you doing? Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So look, I, I know that I, I think the Dockers are a strong enough club now that we will continue to have profits no matter what. Uh-huh. Same with the Eagles, like the Eagles have profits no matter what they're doing terribly. They still make heaps of money. And then you've got to think, and then so what? Whose money is this? It's it's no one's. It's, right, right. It's it's the clubs, but who are the club there to serve? The members. What do the members want? Well, if you ask the if you ask the, any member, would you have rather last year made no money and played finals, or made one point six million dollars and where we finished fourteenth or wherever it was, tenth or wherever it happened to be? Like um, I think within a heartbeat they'd be like, well, I don't care about the money. Like the money means nothing. Even if you said to members. Hey members, would you rather pay an extra fifty bucks, and that means we can get another couple of coaches in? I think most members would go, "Yeah, I'll pay fifty bucks so that we get, you know, more development coaches or more physio, more strength and conditioning." And if they actually had the rationale behind it, said, "Look, yeah, you know, like we can actually get better on field because we're spending more money off field," then I, I think most members would be like that. And I think that's a real, 
it's kind of a loophole in the in the soft cap that I don't think any clubs and no doubt there might be you never know like they don't ever the the AFL is very secretive on the money side of things. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't disclose contracts, we don't disclose soft cap stuff, we don't disclose anything. We just say, yeah, no, nah, they made it under the soft cap or they made it under the the um, salary cap when it comes to like their their player spending, right. and that's pretty much that. You know, like it's it's not a <clears throat> it's not something that we know. Like so, we speculate how much Sean Darcy's on and we speculate how much Luke Jackson's on and we speculate how much Jai misses on and things like that. We don't actually know. So, like, if we were to come out and and actually know, oh, uh, the Dockers didn't want to pay, you know, um, Blake Akers $350,000, then the fans can actually be quite aggrieved by that. They're like, yeah, but if we know we're in a bit of salary cap trouble, then we can be like, okay, we understand why that guy had to go. And I think... That's somewhere where the doc, where the dockers, where the where the AFL needs to go is so disclose like, contracts. You'd like that information oh, to be 100%. public knowledge. Yeah, hundred okay. percent. I don't think that's a problem whatsoever. And the players hide behind, oh, you know, da 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 da. You know, it'll, but it happens in all sports, and it gives you an understanding, and it justifies why people leave, and that makes it not like the fans get it then, right? You know? Right, and they understand. Hey, this guy left because he got offered way more money, and the doc, like, let's say Brad Hill, let's say. For instance, the rumor was Brad Hill got five years, five hundred thousand a year. Okay, and the Dockers like, well, we don't think you're worth that much. Now, as a Dockers fan, I'd say, yeah, I don't think he's he would would have been worth that much. So we're happy to let him go. But instead, it's like, why is Brad Hill leaving? Why have we got people leaving our club? The club, you know, and even someone like a Liam Henry, if he got offered more money, then you can understand it, you get it, because in the end, it is the money that matters. And like people, like it's that's what the money's for. You know what I mean? To quote, uh, to quote the. I think that's either the wire or sopranos. Like that's what the money's for. Like that's you know that's that's why that's why people move. Okay, that's the I, main reason. You okay, know, like I, it's just like yeah. I just want to tell you how thrilled and impressed I am that you referenced the wire, which is yeah oh, absolutely yeah. my absolutely my favorite TV series of all time. Mm. It is. I've, it's I've great. Watched, yeah, I watched it. Uh, I've watched it at least five times all the way through. And well, Craig, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but one of my favorite sayings is look the part, be the part. And like I, I work at a private school, so the boys have to wear like a in winter, they have to wear like a blazer tie, uh-huh. slacks, you know, yeah. and like the shirt has to be tucked in. And they're like, I'm like, yeah, if you look the part, be the part. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't say, you know, MFR on the end, <laughs> like right, right. Pat Riley here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but like that's, that's, that's the truth. Money be green. That's my other one I love to say because. You know, money is money, essentially. You know, like money be green. Yep. Um, but like it's oh, the wire is fantastic. Man. I could yeah, t- we, I could talk about that. We had uh, we had a, a guest speaker at our school. Uh, it's what would have been uh, about two, about a week and a half, two weeks ago now. Um, guy by the name of Jonathan Abram who wrote a book, um, where he interviewed it called All the Pieces Matter, and he interviewed yeah. he interviewed um everybody involved with the wire, you know, from the, from the showrunners to the you know, the people at HBO to the performers and that sort of thing. And it just, you know, and, and he'd also, you know, he'd written a new book uh, about, you know, the, uh, the, the rise of like hip hop music. And he came in yeah. for black history month to speak at our school. Oh, and, yeah, good. And, and, and I'm, I, you're going to be shocked by this, but I, I'm, I'm of course not the target audience for his new book. <laughs> I know. Um, but uh, you know, 
his his but like i mean i don't want to go down a white rabbit hole but like we were talking the other day about like jay landsman you know like the big fat detective oh yeah like yeah. just him as a character like that is why the why is so good is because yeah. they've got these characters that are like side guys that are like so good like you know people like know. cheese and stuff like I don't, that i don't and know like, if you i don't know if you know this or not but you remember bunny colvin remember the yeah. really the really quiet older guy the lieutenant that had the glasses that was always yeah. following him around that was the real Jay Landsman. Oh, how good! That, that's the, he's he was the actual Baltimore police yeah. officer that that character is based on. He played him in the show. Nice. He, he played a different character in the show, but that that character is yeah. based on can, him. Craig, I don't know, but like you can go to there's there's someone who's oh, I've forgotten what his name is on on YouTube who's done like character studies on each uh -huh. character. Yeah. And talks about their arcs, and it's so good. Like, oh it's yeah. So I mean, good. Well, and I and like even like. <laughs> I try to convince um, my 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 students. Yeah, my students mostly are 16, 17 years old. And I, I said, yeah. I told them, I said, guys, I said, this is one you definitely need to talk to your parents about it before you watch it. But I said, you know, because I asked them, I said, you know, you know, what what would your Mount Rushmore? You're familiar with Mount Rushmore here? The the thing that's got the big stone yeah. head, the stone yeah, heads the of the four, presence. I said, yeah, I said you know which you know which uh, you know which shows would be on your Mount Rushmore. And I told them what my four would be. And I said the wire would be sitting on top of those four. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, well, when you when you're rolling out guys like Senator Clay Davis, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I watched I watched just his clips the other day, and he's like, "I walk down the street, I might have ten k in my pocket. I empty. I get to the end of the street, my pockets are empty." <laughs> Senator Clay, please help me with. Oh man, I don't know if I'm getting I'm yeah. crossing some boundaries here. A, but well, help me, I can't feed my family. Yeah, it's it is it is just. <laughs> It's such a phenomenal, you know, study of, of human nature and just it's, and, yeah. you know, and, the, you know, the actor that played, uh, oh gosh, uh, da, 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 I'm drawing a blank on the name right now, but. Uh, Wait, Omar? No, 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 not. Um, oh, um, the guy who, uh, is it the girl who played, um, uh, she was, she was from no, not, the not, not Felicia. Uh -uh. Um, um, well, the actor's name is Jamie Hector. He uh, has his, uh, yeah, he, his... he played Marlo Stanfield. That's the name. Oh, Marlo. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I've watched, he's been on a number of, of other shows where he's playing a police officer. So, yeah, seeing, he's seeing on, him, uh, you know, Bosch. Yeah. We own the, so we own, the, we own city. the city. Yeah. yeah that's, that yeah. was really good. Yeah. Which is, you know, also that's, a, that's, that's all a true story. Yeah. 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 And I'll, and I'll, um, Wayne Jenkins. Yeah, I'm listening to a you know I'm listening to a podcast about that case. I'll send you a link to that when I'm done because yeah. it's it's, fa it's fascinating. I mean, I I go down rabbit holes on. I listen to I listen to podcasts all the time. I mean, yeah. it's just I, I and it's uh, political stuff, history things. Um, That's it. I've been getting into the JFK assassination. I listen to the Rob Reiner okay. um, podcast on the JFK assassination. Okay. I'm like, man, because I know I know Mike Lombardi, who's one of my my favorite podcasters always talks about it. And like, mm -hmm. I'm like, man, this is like literally the dodgiest thing that's ever happened in the history of, of the world. I reckon I'm like, see, I, I, I used to think one of my theories that I heard once was that the secret service accidentally shot him. Uh -huh. Like it was an accident. It was like first shot rings out, secret service pull out their guns and some dude just like pull, as he's pulling his gun out, accidentally shoots, shoots Kennedy. And wow. then they'd like race off and they're like, Oh, we can't say the secret service has done this by accident because it looks so dodgy. So we've got to make up this big thing and we've got to make up this, 
So wow. I, I heard that once and that kind of like stuck with me. But then I listened to the Rob Reiner stuff and you're yeah. like, all this stuff about Oswell being a patsy and like all this stuff about the guy who went into the bank and like shot up the bank just so he could get arrested because he thought he was going to be patsy and like all this stuff about what happened in Cuba and how essentially JFK wanted to have this peaceful world and 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 had a back channel to um, Russia and Cuba and, and wanted to create world peace and then everyone else is like, and he's like, I want to get rid of the CIA. And then you talk about the mafia stuff as well and you're like, well, what did the mafia have to do with it? And it's just like it well, is a rabbit I, hole. Oh, mate, you, know, weird. I, you might have to cut this from the pod because this no, is like I, I will leave, I will leave this twenty in, minutes I, about stuff that he's. I will doctors. leave it in here because because it, because you know I'm just going to say it right now for those of you if this is your first time listening, um, this podcast is about footy, but it tends to go down different tangents and as you said, rabbit holes quite frequently, yeah. and I don't care about that. I mean, I've I've had some great interviews with people that you know I, I you know that I've I've spoken with uh, you know um you know that have been about you know one of my you know one of my favorite people and i'm hoping to meet him when i come there uh orville gibson who lives up in queensland but you know we spent a half an hour talking about uh um a, a guy by the name of billy billy singh who was like the australia's greatest uh world war one sniper at gallipoli and how he spends um the uh you know he spends the the memorial day there um at the obelisk at the at his graveside you know he polishes the obelisk replaces the flag there every year and this is a guy who's in his late 60s early 70s and basically mm. sleeps graveside every year doing this i mean yeah Bloody so we, i've gone down lots of rabbit holes yeah. so trust me you're not offending me there really but seeing I, him, i'd have to look this guy up yeah I, well like, i'll send you awesome. links to that episode Those well I just, I, I just learned the other day that um the drip gun which was one of the great inventions that the australians set up which is it's a little bit of an interesting one. So, like, essentially, as a, as Australia and the Anzacs are evacuating, um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this, as they're evacuating Gallipoli, they're like they set up these this invention drip gun, essentially just drip, and it drips out, and a, a trigger uh, like a gun fires, so they can evacuate, and the Turks think that the Aussies are still there. Now, there is the other side that people think that the Turks were like, we're not like this war is a waste of time. Like, why are we going to shoot down people that are that are retreating? Mm -hmm. But I just found out as well that the drip gun wasn't dripping with water; it was actually full of urine. So hmm. essentially, urine saved a lot of Australians in the evacuation wow. of Gallipoli. If that if it was the drip gun that that was the the thing, so, I'm more of a I'm more inclined to think the Turks so, were like. So what oh. you're saying what you're saying is that at Gallipoli, the 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 Aussies took the piss out of the Turks. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was piss that saved us it's always the way yeah but you know I, all right let's get back into some yes, docker stuff okay, mate. So, go on yeah well and there's a there's another name you're going to need to learn about also dorothy kilgallen you'll have to learn about that name also yeah if you if you really want to go down some some conspiracies and that sort of thing she was somebody who was investigating the kennedy assassination but you mentioned cuba kennedy i have to say this before i've never i don't think mm. i've said this in the podcast but i say it in class all the time I was I figured this out one day in front of my students about 25 years ago. I was born nine months to the day after the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, so, so I realized in class one day that I was one of those. Oh, what the hell? The world's going to end anyway, babies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? Let's get said, to it. Think, think about that a nuclear you, disaster. Yeah, you yeah. go to it. You go to it. And my, my mom has denied. She said, that's not how mm. it happened. I said, but it makes a really good story. If you do the math, it's exactly yeah. right. She's like, you never know. Your parents could just be horny for nuclear, uh, nuclear war. Could be, could be. Well, my, <laughs> yeah, my dad died in 2001 and, uh, 
but uh yeah i don't uh you never know don't don't think so (laughs) i well maybe yeah so Fremantle. that's the team we're talking about yeah that's what we're talking about okay yeah i know i'm kidding so um what what is a what is a successful year going to look like this year for Fremantle? Because you know last year was a year that I think a lot of people expected them to be back in finals, bringing Luke Jackson in, and it mm. didn't quite work out the way they were hoping. You end up finishing 14th on the ladder. Yeah. Um, what's a successful year look like this year? Well, I mean, still being a relatively young side. I think any anything in the bottom eight would be really good. In the um, like you know, it, Mark Duffield always talks about this. The the ladders essentially broken up into three parts: the top six, the middle six, and the bottom six. So we're definitely a middle six team. So in that, it then comes down to a bit of luck, a bit of you know injury luck, a bit of you know maybe self improvement within the team, a bit of coaching improvement as well. We always need that. Um, so look, if we finish anywhere from seventh or eighth, that would be really good to get into the finals again. Um, it depends on our our young guys and how much growth we get from them. I think we forget as well that you know Brayshaw and Sarong are still only 23, 24. Um, we've got Fife who seems like he's training the house down, and if he can play a full season, he's going back into the midfield. You've got guys like Will Brody who had a massive regression last year, who apparently has taken a big step forwards in training this year and is back to his best. You know, so it'll be one of those things, Craig, where if we can get, you know, we've lost players, but if we can get Jeremy Sharp, if he ends up being quite a good wingman or just a, a, a solid wingman, Heath Chapman unfortunately got injured and he was a guy who looked to be, pardon me, a lock on the other wing as a rangy, rangy wingman that could um that could link play. But yeah, I I think that if we can get another step forward from Matt Johnson, Neil Erasmus, Jai Miss, like all these young guys that we've got that are coming through, um, even like Hayden Young, a full season, a full preseason, and that now full season in the midfield potentially. Um, Brennan Cox and Luke Ryan, always great. Brennan Walker coming back from his knee injury. He seems like he's going really well. Um, Alex Pierce had a terrible start to the season and then bounced back and actually ended the season really strongly. If Sean Darcy can play at least 18 games, that will be really valuable. And that that links into that, you know, the contract talk we we're talking about where Sean Darcy, unfortunately, is quite injury prone. He's a big boy and he carries a lot of weight. And, you know, that's that's a benefit to his game, but it's also can cause injury issues with his lower legs. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how our, our midfield operates without Lockie Schultz, who's such an important player for us. He's yeah. gone over to Collingwood. Right. Obviously, that was a real shock. Um, yeah, that was a like, real like, shock. And like like they need anything else on that list. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I thought, look, you know, Collingwood, fair dogs to him. They've, they've got him and and he's a fantastic player. But it'll be, yeah, it'll be where do we bring that? Because Sam Switkowski did a slight hamstring, had a bit of hamstring awareness is the new the new terminology is now. So um, he'll, you know, and he's a guy who's had back and hamstring issues. Uh, but we need to get some more uh, small forwards that will bring that pressure. Because um, right, right. we know our game is built on pressure from the forward line back. Um, and and repeat entry, so it, it'll be interesting. You know, we've just signed this new bloke, um, Patrick Voss, on the S or the SPS or whatever the hell it's called. Um, so he's been added to the rookie list. He's a he looks like he's been training the house down again. They're talking about how much he can lift in the gym and things like that. Um, so you know, and and even our young blokes, Cooper Simpson in particular, uh, looks like the steal of the draft. And I know everyone has steals of the draft, but he looks like he could be. He looks like he'll play half forward. He may play round one, which would be pretty awesome. Okay. Um, yep. And he he's an explosive player. 
do you think you can count on Nat Fife to stay healthy? I mean, he's, you know, he's played 16 games oh. the last two years. I mean, is he? No, no. Okay. He's, I mean, any, any games he plays is a bonus. And look, if he's, he set himself up for, you know, he plays a very combative style. You right, know, he exactly. spoke about he's he's spoken about you know going down the Tom Brady, LeBron James because that's that's how he sees himself. He sees himself as like the goat of footy. You know, I think people like he has that perspective that he thought he could play until he's forty. Now the difference between Brady and LeBron and Nat Fife is Nat Fife plays inside mid hard, right? You know, like right. he's a contested beast. So yeah. that 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 is not conducive with long term mm-hmm. football. And he's had he's got shoulder problems. He's got he broke he's broken his leg twice. People forget about that. He's had shoulder issues, back issues. So now the big thing is 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 what can it, what can he offer to the midfield if he can move into a David Mundy type role? Now obviously David Mundy had better skills, um, but wasn't as wasn't as good at the contest, even though he was a contested beast as well. But you know if Fife, he can if he can just bring anything to the table to give support because our midfield is light on. You know, Sarong, Brayshaw, Young, they are small players. Right, I mean, right. Young is a bit bigger, but he's still light-framed. Right. You know, so that all these guys, we need that bigger body in there to, to extract that first ball out. And then the second, you know, it's the first part of the clearance. Tap down, Fife gets it, gives a little hand pass out, and then we go from there. But, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting because Fife isn't the best two-way runner. And even when he won the brown line the second time, he, he heaved his praise on guys like Reese Conker, who did a lot of the grunt work and... And things like that, and the guys that run the other way. So it'll be interesting to see how many games he plays, A, because, yeah, it's uh, we looked at getting him into the forward line. We thought, you know, he got drafted as a half forward. He has got a prestigious mark. He can't kick for goal. His goal kicking is terrible. But, you know, like he's he's he looked like he could have been anything at the start of last year in the forward line. Then when it got to the real games, he didn't touch the ball. You know, like any he, he's he's really since he's won the Brownlow, I think I, I looked this up the other day, but since he's won the Brownlow, he's had like two votes. And he at one stage was um he was like the highest polar per game ever. Mm-hmm. Like uh, him and like some other random old bloke. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's one of those it's one of those things where you've just gotta like I think with Fife, it's anything we get from him will be good. He's on a lower contract, he's really reduced his contract, which is fantastic yeah. because I think as well with Fifey, he understands how do I get to that? How do I get to that goat level at the Dockers now? It's not. It's not. It won't happen at AFL. But how do I become the greatest Docker of all time and mm-hmm. overtake Pav? Well, there's one way to do it: it's win flags. Yeah. If you win he's... a flag and you bring a premiership to this club, then you'll be you'll be in the you know the the conversation for the greatest of all time. Right. And yeah. You know, and he's he's an unrestricted free agent after next year. Yeah. Uh, so you know, do, do you do you see him on the list in twenty twenty six? Oh, it'd be hard. Like he's just the way he plays, and he's if he if he has another injury prone year, yeah. it'd be hard. Like it it is honestly, but you know, like if you look through, I'm just look, I'm just on AFL tables now. So he won the Brownlow in, I think it was twenty. What's that? Oh, hang on, I'm going the wrong way. Um, which way is it going? I don't know. I'm going this way. Sorry, he won he won the Brownlow in twenty nineteen with thirty three votes. Mm-hmm. Since then, he's had he had ten Brownlow votes the next year, three the following year, none and none. You know, so like he's he's really his his games that are Brownlow worthy. He hasn't he's hasn't had a best on ground since he won the Brown since what's that round twenty one mm-hmm. round twenty one two thousand and nineteen. And this is a guy who 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 when he plays, he can be the best. So right, yeah, right. it's really interesting to see what happens with Fifey. I mean. I, 
I, I just think he's, um, yeah, he's kind of reset, I think, in terms of his goals and ambitions. And I'd really love that to be like, all right, how do I, within myself, yeah. become I the mean, best of all you know, time? At, and that's you know, he's, means, at, he's at 218 games. Do you, does yeah. he have, does he have a goal? You think? I, I don't think 300 games. Uh, no, nah, I don't think, think so. I think, of, I think he, he wants 250. I think his goal is flag. His goal okay. is premiership, not, okay. not anything else. I okay. think. And that, look, I, I think fair deals to him. He's taken this massive pay cut mm-hmm. um, and he could have easily gone to another club and got m- double the money he's on. Like he's only on 400,000 a year, which for, a, but he's had his feed and he's also invested well. Like he invested in a, um, in one of his mates brewing companies and then that sold and he, he made a bit of money off that he's plus okay. he's you know it's pretty funny because fifey i'm not sure if he still wants to do this but he often used to talk about all he wanted to do was be a truck driver once he finishes up because his old man has a trucking business so that cut sheet in um in the great southern so you know like it'd be interesting to see if that's still his his goal you know just being out in the open road driving his truck what? um but yeah look it's um I think for him, he's he's now yeah his goals are now flags, and and look not doubt, not that it wouldn't have been flags before, but I think he's looking at this group and going how do I how do I get the most out of this group and I I think um, Sonny Walters as well took a bit of a trim on his contract as well, so you know good on him because they they easily could have gone to other clubs and um, you know even potentially won a flag like if I took four hundred thousand and said oh, I'm going to Collingwood or I'm going to Brizzy. Right, right. You know, like that's that's you know that's another step up. You know, so he could he could have just easily like like essentially you know some older players do in the NFL and the NBA like just ring chase. Like he could have easily done that, and he's yeah. decided not to. So you know it's um not good on him. Well, you know, looking at the list, I mean, I'm I'm counting here two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven. You have eleven players that have yet to play a game at the senior level three that have less than five games. So there's what, 14 out of your, out of your list. So that's, it's roughly a third of the list has four games or less. Um, mm. And then you've got, you know, you've got, you know, Neil Erasmus, Matt Johnson, Stam Sturt, who are all under 20 games. And then you go all the way up to, you know, Brandon Walker, who's, you know, got 45 games. And then that's, that's way more than half. That's a roughly half your list right there where you've got, you know, guys that have you know, theoretically played less than, less than two full seasons of footy. Um, yeah. So you've got a really young side. So I, I do you, realistically, do you think that, that a flag is a possibility while Nat Fife is still wearing the, the, the purple and white? Yeah, I guess if he's got, like in the next two years, if we can take a big step forward this uh-huh. year, because like if we consider last year as an anomaly and we go like, okay, that yeah. was just an anomaly and we go, okay, we we won a final the year before. This year we finish, you know, top six if we can. Right. And then next year we, we, um, we press forward. But, you know, you've got, I guess, when you're looking at those guys that haven't played a game yet, a lot of rookies on there, which is, that's fair dukes. Um, a lot of young guys and and a lot of guys that we've drafted. But, you know, guys like Tommy Emmett played two games. He looked like he's, he knows what's going on. Um, he looked like an actual player. Hugh Davies had a really good final series for, for Peel. Um, mm-hmm. Jack D. Lane, uh, who was one of our later draft pick, is is he's going to be one of my favourites because his rookie write-up was he's a forward who knows how to play forward, which is something we don't <laughs> like to draft. We don't like forwards that know how to play forward. Um, you know, Sebert Quick's done his knee, so he won't play, but he was in line for a debut. Um, he's a freak, um, Sebert. Uh, and, you know, guys like Cooper Simpson, he definitely um, may 
I reckon he might play this year. And then you've got a couple of Ruckman in there and Liam Reedy, uh, Liam Reedy, Odin Jones, Max Noble, they're all backup Ruckman, so they might not play anyway. So it's one of those things where I guess looking at the list, it it, it could be um it could be something that we we worry about. But then you look at guys like this is the thing that really gets me. Uh, apart from Heath Chapman being injured, Jai Miss, young bloke, you know, Neil right, Radness, right. Matt, Matt Johnson, Sam Sturt, getting games into those guys. And even guys like, you know, Hayden Young's only played 57 games, getting him to a hundred games. Michael Frederick, Sam Switkowski, Luke Jackson's only played 75 games. Yeah. So, you know, Caleb Strong hasn't played 100 yet. So all these guys that are under 100 games that we can get, get get them another season under their belt, and they're all really young. You know, like Caleb Strong, 23 years old. Jordan Clark, 23. Yeah. You know, Luke Jackson, 22. Um, Michael Frederick, 23. Hayden Young, 22. So, yeah. you know, Brandon Walker, 21. Like these guys are all guys who hopefully will play for the next at least five or six years and will really come into their best. And, you know, we know their best is good enough. Um, yeah. It's just the big thing now, Craig, is, is something that Xavier Ellis always talks about in regards to, okay, if you've got a team, you need five or six All-Australians if you've mm-hmm. got a team that's going to win the flag. So where who are our All-Australians? Where well, you're looking at guys like Andy Brayshaw, Caleb Strong, potentially, Sean Darcy is a Ruckman, um, Luke Jackson, potentially, amazing. Brennan Cox, Alex Pierce, Jaya Miss. Yeah. yeah, so you've got to you've got to think about all right, who are all Australians? I think we need a little bit of growth from those guys who are on the periphery. Yeah. Um, you know, your back pocket types, like your um, someone like a a a Corey Wagner. You know, he's older. He's played twenty eight games. He's been in the system at three different clubs. Um, you know, if we could get games into Chapman, but he's injured. Noddy O'Driscoll, Nathan O'Driscoll, started off really well and has regressed has had foot issues, has had foot problems. He's a guy who we thought we had a lock on the wing for the next 10 years, goal-kicking wingman, looked really good. Um, Sam Sturt, the old Desert P, now he was our first rounder a couple of years ago, a a fair while ago now because he's 24. He's not really progressed as well as we want. And he's a guy who, I mean, with I don't know if you can play Sturt and a miss in the same team because Sturt and a miss only, they get really minimal positions, possession, sorry, Mm -hmm. but they kick goals. So Sturt will have like, eight touches, kick three goals, but a miss will do the same. And you kind of like, we can't really have in this day and age of footy, you can't have two blokes like that. You can only have one, you know, like your Bailey Fritch style where like, or, you know, guys like that, where you can, you can only have one guy who touches the ball a little bit and kicks goals. Or it's a a black hole or it's a black hole. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, they either kick a goal or they don't touch the ball. Well, I just, and you just like, yeah. I just mentioned um, that in the, in the one I recorded uh, earlier tonight. I said, you know, that, that, you know, when Bailey Fritch gets his hand, I don't think he's ever had a goal assist in his career. Um, yeah. But, you know, when well, a lot of my old man used gets, to say, Craig, you don't get your name in the paper for goal assist, mate. So, you know, like true. I only put the goal kickers in the best. So don't, well, don't in, worry about no goal assist, bud. <laughs> in, in, in baseball, in baseball, they, they used, and I haven't watched baseball in now four years, but they used to say, well, they say in baseball, and, and now they don't say it anymore because it's not politically correct, but they used to say that, chicks dig the long ball uh yeah. <laughs> which i i imagine the same thing applies to cricket you know that you know that you know that they can you know you hit it a long way and say, hey that's wonderful but you know yeah. Yeah, so we've talked about a lot of the things in terms of what you're looking for for them being successful but what are what are the things that you're going to be watching for this year where you're going to go uh-oh this is looking an awful lot like 2023 or even worse uh. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to bring the mood down too much, but again, if there's that slow, small, uh, slow ball movement, um, if there's the big one is losing at home, we lost a lot of games at home. 
Um, the expectations, being able to deal with expectations, the Dockers are the worst when they are expected to win. When they're expected to win, the way we play is, is never great. We can never deal with expectations well enough, um, you know, and like that, the disappointing losses, cutting those out, I think as well, like we went from a team that didn't make silly mistakes two years ago to made a few silly mistakes that cost us goals. I think the other thing as well, Craig, is like certain players, if they play more than, let's say, five games, I think mm-hmm. we're in trouble, okay. you know, and 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 guys like, I, I like these guys are grafters. They're not, they, they, they put in 100% effort. They are very much effort-based players, but they're not skillful players. Right, so right. guys like your, your Ethan Hughes, your Bailey Banfield, even to an extent, um, you, you know. Jordan Clark into that? Wagner, no, Jordan Clark is he's been great since he's been yeah. with us. And like he plays, he plays every game. Um, you know, even like so like you've got to think about those guys that are like on the borderline that play well in Peel, mm-hmm. but when they play AFL, they they don't really excel. Right. Um, so you know, there's a few guys like that where you just like, like if they play 15 games, it means we're in a bit of trouble because they've been trying hard, but we're not winning. You know, and that's often the case. But when we're winning, those guys go to the they go to the wayside because it's or, like, oh, I'm going or to you look at you look at it this way. Going back to what you said earlier, one of those guys that's coming up, you go, huh, one of those three first round picks we got next year, he's taking his spot. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it, and that, that, but that's the thing, Craig, as well. Like like you said, all these guys who haven't played many games. Well, I know how good Bailey Banfield and Ethan Hughes are. I know mm-hmm. I've seen their potential. I've yeah. seen their peak. It's not. Good enough. Like, yeah, Bailey Banfield might have a game where he gets 14 touches and kicks four goals, but that's once in a blue moon. Okay. You know, his regular game is about 10 touches and maybe a goal. You know, Ethan Hughes, he's an effort player. Yep. But I, I think, you know, he's a guy who can play on smalls and play on talls. And yeah, yeah. But he's not a part of your best six in your back line if everyone's fit. So it's guys like that that you just like. And then you're like, well, if Ethan Hughes can play, or like Bailey Banfield, for example, he's he's always a whipping boy for the pod. He's a lovely guy. We've actually interviewed him. He's a lovely guy, but you're like, all right, well, I'd prefer Tom Emmett to play ahead of him. I'd prefer Cooper Simpson to play ahead of him. I'd actually prefer this Jack Deland to play ahead of him because I want to see what they are because yeah. they're, they're an unknown that may be better than him. And like while we're still in this kind of holding period of, of we're still a young side and we're trying to press forward. Right, right. Like let's like we, we need to still blood some players as well as we go through. But look, it'll be, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting this year. Um, I think the goal is to play finals again. Um, you know, they are lofty goals, but that that's the goal. The goal is to play finals. If we, you know, if you look yeah. at the start of the year, we should have won the first six games, but we got, we got beaten by North Melbourne at home. You know, we um, just, but I mean, we ended up beating the Eagles quite easily, but you know, we like, we got flogged by Adelaide, like Adelaide just put us to the absolute sword. And the thing that I worry about is all these other teams are getting better. You know, the only teams that are looking and uh, your team in particular is probably going to be one team that regresses, but you look at, at teams outside of the top eight and that they are good and they're getting better. And the yeah, teams yeah. within the top eight, they're good and they're getting better. Like yeah. you can't tell me Collingwood are going to be worse this year. Right. You, know, you right. can't tell me that Brisbane are going to be worse this year. Like all these teams are going to be better, you know, so we've got to continue to grow and, and you know, move forward and try and get better as well. Well, looking at your first five games this year, I mean, the, the, they, they didn't do you a whole lot of favors. I mean, you've only got two of, you got two of them at home, but you've got Brisbane, North Melbourne, who yeah. I think, you know, North Melbourne's not playing finals this year, but I think it's going to be a vastly improved club. Yeah. I think they're going well, to they, be, they beat us last year, mate. Yeah. So they, yeah. they beat and us then, at home. So, and then you got, you know, you got, you know, both clubs from, from South Australia and Carlton in the mix. 
So, I mean, yeah. you you got a bit of a gauntlet to run through those first five rounds. If you if you come out of that, if you come out of that, yeah, four, four, it'll it'll be interesting. One, like, that would be awesome. Mm. Well, that's the thing. You like lines. So lines have already played a game because of this stupid split round thing that we're doing, which is just like yeah. the biggest load of like the the AFL house must be like, what's the worst thing we can do? And they're like, great idea. They're so out of touch. Like this split round thing, like it. Like when you think about it, Craig, it's like AFL fantasy. I don't know if you play Dream Team or Super I Coach, do. whatever it is. I do. Like that is that is a cornerstone of 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 football. Is like playing fantasy. Right, it's a right. cornerstone of it. Most people who watch footy play fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yet they've decided, hey, you know what we'll do? We'll stuff everyone's fantasy up by having this round zero. Like they don't think about things like that, which are such a crucial part of the AFL, like tipping and things like that. So like this round zero thing of oh, let's make the most of. Mm-hmm. All right, let's make the most of um, the, the rugby not being in, in New South Wales. Let's let's make the most of that. Okay, fantastic idea. Just make it round one. How hard is it? Like, how how dumb are we? And we yeah. have these well, four, over four-week buys, like these buys over four rounds, stupidest thing ever. Just have a, have a week off. Well, the and, players and, need a week off. Give them a week off, and let's just get into it. Let's, let's have one week off. Everyone's off. Yep, let's play the state 18s during that. Let's let's play, you know, like people are keen on the draft, so let's play the state 18s carnival or some state 18s showcase, showcase, showcase games. Let's make it community round where you say, hey, there's a buy in the AFL, so go watch your local waffle yeah. or go watch your VFL or go watch your community footy. You know, there's so many things that the AFL does that shoots themselves in the foot, but the problem is they make so much money that they're like, no, these are great ideas. This is a great and, idea. And the other thing they the other thing they could be doing at that time is getting some folks actually here to the United States to figure out where they could actually play a game or two now that we've started to build yeah. a few cricket stadiums here in, yeah, that's in it. the United that's States. It. Because you know, mm. the, the NRL is going to Vegas yeah. to start playing games there. And I and I I, I, I had a bit of a yeah. rant back in November on a, like an emergency episode of my podcast when I read about that. I stopped at a, my at a hotel after visiting my daughter and just was, oh, I was just like are you kidding me? I'm, this is something that I have been trying to scream from the rooftop since I started mm. following the game. And that's how do we get yeah. people? You know, how do we get the this problem is Craig? It is America? it is infrastructure. It's infrastructure and it's time difference. You know, like and in the end, I think it's a bit of fools. Like it's a fool's errand trying to get into the American market. Just like like I, I understand people like yourself that love AFL and, mm-hmm. and have, have switched on, but you know, you're as rare as hen's teeth, mate. So you know, it's like it's not. And look, if you did, if you did have that 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 access to it, and yeah. maybe a game that was friendly to to the to the um, US market, yeah, that won't be a thing. But look, in the end, it, the, the thing that I think you hit into, which what why I got into the NFL, is the fantasy side of things. AFL fantasy is like is it, like it is as good as NFL fantasy playing it. Yet the AFL are trying harder and harder to make it worse and worse. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it's one of those things where you're like, okay, why are we making this worse? Why are we making this part of the product that's so important to all, like, as, as important to most people as anyone else? And the other thing is, it hits that demographic that's the hardest to reach. Right. Men right. between the age of 15 to 35, most men between the age of 15 to 35 do either footy tipping or they do fantasy or they right, do both. Right. Yeah. You know, so like you're really you're really disengaging that yeah. demographic that love and look, it's not like I'm going to stop watching footy because fantasy doesn't link to me, but it just makes us frustrated with the AFL and you go, how dumb can you be? Like the, the fantasy side of things are so important, right? Yet they decide 
oh, we're going to put a, we're going to put something in that actually doesn't help. And that, getting back to it, so we play the Lions, right? The Lions have already played a game. Mm-hmm. They've played an AFL game before they play us. They also get an eight-day break because they play on the Friday, they play us on the Sunday. So they get a long break. So it's not going to be that big a deal for them. Actually, they're going to probably have run in their legs, which means that we're probably going to get beaten there. Kangaroos at Marvel, we should beat them, but who knows? Crows at Optus, that's going to be a hard game. Playing the Blues and then Power at Adelaide back-to-back. Yeah. That's and then Eagles and Bulldogs at home back to back. Tigers will probably drop off, but again, we've got we've got a tough start. And this 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 competition now is very cutthroat. Like you're off by two percent, you're going to lose. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's the other side of things is just having that mental ability to be able to one cope with pressure, but two, like rise to the challenge. You know, so that's something that we've we've got to continue to work on, I guess. Okay, so. Um... Is Justin Longmuir back as the senior coach in 2025? Because I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, yeah, because, you know, I, I there's yeah, all this rumbling, this rumbling about, mm. you know, Luke Beveridge is going to be heading to Fremantle and, you know, you yeah, know, if the which Bulldogs. Is, yeah, it's, it's interesting, the Bulldogs connection. Um, Justin's a great, great person. He's, he's, unfortunately, he's, um, he's come off the back of Ross Lyon, mm-hmm. who Ross Lyon, media personality, that's what the fans say. All that kind of rah rah. He's he's awesome, Ross Lyon. Like, don't get me wrong. I actually think he's probably the best coach in the competition. Um, and what he did with St Kilda last year is just a testament to that. Oh yeah, with all their and injuries, I think they it, had to, to start the year to, to the point as well. Like where Ross Lyon's such a good coach, it actually like it it hindered the doctor the Dockers because we actually needed just a crap coach who bottomed out, and we didn't do that well. Da da da. Anyway, but Ross Lyon's Ross Lyon's a bloody good coach, probably the best in the comp. That's what I think personally anyway. So Justin Longmuir comes on the back of that. Justin Longmuir is not a media guy. Mm-hmm. He's very, very dulcet. He's very, very, he's a bit shy to a point with the media. You know, so he hasn't got much of a media personality to where, you know, Craig, after every game the Dockers used to play, we, my, me and my mates and most Dockers fans would religiously watch the Ross Lyon press conference. Mm-hmm. Like it was like the highlight of the week was the press right, conference right. after the game. I've watched maybe one Justin Longmuir press conference, maybe one. You know, like he just, but behind closed doors, he's very animated and he's quite a leader of men, you know what I mean? But then yeah. in front of the camera, he's not like that. So that can, again, perception, what fans think, then what the board think from that. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that will be a bonus for him is he won't be expensive. He doesn't have a manager, so he's not going to demand a huge wage. That's something to think about. But again, going back to that soft cap, who cares what he's, like, let's get the best coach in the, and let's pay him a heap. Who cares? Um but yeah, it's just one of those things, mate, where you just kind of like, you are, you. I don't know. It, look, he got us to a final. He, we won a final under him. We look like we were progressing in the right direction. Now we've regressed. Mm-hmm. If we regress again this year or we don't take another step forward, I think his days are numbered. I would just about say either, I think it's one of those things where it's like, we'll see how things go. But given that he hasn't signed a contract, I think this year will be big pressure. And in our history, we had Jared Neesham do this and it didn't work out very well. The Dockers were on a trajectory to play finals and stuff like that. Jared Neesham hadn't signed a contract and in the end they didn't renew him and we brought in Damien Drum, who was a terrible right. coach. Okay. But, you know, so like it's it's a – I don't know who we bring in. I think more of the issue isn't with Justin Longmuir. It's with our assistants and getting more out of them, you know, okay. um, and, and getting those guys. Jamie Graham, you know, is – He's a good assistant coach. He's our senior assistant. The other guys are a bit untried. And we have, again, we've got we've got Joel Corey, we've got Matty Boyd. So we've got 
plays guys who are good players. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a matter of that. And it's, I guess it's hard. Like, who do you bring in? Like, who's the, who's the next coach that's coming through? Are we going to bring someone from a system that isn't like a Dockers system? I don't know. It's it's really hard to say. And again, the the other the other side. Of, all right, we'll get rid of Justin Longman, but then who do we bring in? And right, right. I just think, given his he's what he's done with this young side, and again, it's a super young list, and we are continually hamstringing Justin Longman by players leaving. Like, there's no doubt Justin Longman didn't want Blake Akers to leave, didn't want um, Lockie Schultz to leave. You know, he didn't want, and like, yeah, we brought some players in, but he, he would have wanted those guys to stay, those mature age bodies and things like that. Right. And the thing that I, I worry about, Craig, is that because J-Lo's on the last year of his contract, why would he blood any youngsters? He just needs to win. So why well, would you play a guy wow, who's that's unknown? A great point. And that's the thing that, again, this is a thing that may hit. So if we just gave J-Lo a new two-year deal, we're like, yeah, mate, we're, we're believing you. We're giving you a two-year deal. Bring us back to that promised land that we were on the right direction. Last year was just a little bit of a bump in the road. And, you know, you just got to keep playing with these youngsters, keep getting them through. And these are the this is the group that's going to win us the flag. But this, instead, you don't you don't know what's going to happen now. Does he does he then look at, at what St. Kilda did to Brett Ratton and go, nah, I don't think I want to sign that contract because, you know, you, Ratton signed, what, a five-year contract and then six months yeah. into it, they fired him and, you know, they only had to pay him like an additional six months. Yeah, the the, I mean, the new deal, like the new deal that they've got in terms of like the, the coaches, I don't know how they let, I don't know how the that's coaches re- association let this go through where they're yeah, like, that's crazy. oh yeah, if you get sacked, you don't get paid out your whole contract. That's so they've essentially got non-guaranteed contracts. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, that's, like it's, it's well, really, really poor I've by the told se- I've, I've mentioned that to several people who, you know, I've done the previews with, you know, that, you know, if, if a, an NBA coach or an NFL coach mm. loses their, you know, we had, you know, um, the basketball coach at, at Ohio State University here got fired this week. He still has like four years left on his contract. The university, the college still owes him over $12 million that they have yeah. to pay him to not coach them anymore. Now, the, the, the way they get off the hook a little bit is if he gets a job somewhere else, and let's say he signs a contract that's going to pay him, I don't know, $4 million over the life of that contract, then Ohio State's no longer on the hook for that $4 million, but they still have to pay the other eight to him. Mm. so it's it's yeah it's it's, it's crazy, it's crazy yeah. what happened with yeah. the coaches and look it is a thing where i don't know if it's because of what happened with ross Lyon and the deal they gave him and stuff like that but i mean that that yeah that goes back to a fair yeah it's just, it's just yeah. frustrating and and so it's something that yeah needs to be better like the coaches got they, they stitched themselves up if they yeah. agreed to that so what what is your bold prediction for the club this year what is that thing that you want to go ahead and plant your flag and say this is going to happen, and other folks might just take a step back and go, "Oh wow, okay." Oh, oh, okay. Um, look, I, I'd say my bold prediction for this year is going to be that, uh, and that, I, that, I'll, I'll say Fife, one positive. Can I say that, one positive one and one negative one? Nat Fife gets a Brownlow vote. Well, Nat Fife, <laughs> mate, might win the Brownlow and the Coleman. That would be the best thing. No, that that would have been my uh, my bold prediction. For no, last yeah, you year. can give me you can give me I, a positive think, and a negative. Yeah, absolutely. I think. All right, I'll give you one positive, one negative. Uh, I think that. Jai Miss might win the Coleman. There you go. He's he's starting to like he he just kicks goals with mm-hmm. if he the thing with Jai Miss is that every time he touches the ball inside 50, he needs to have a shot for goal. That that would be my instruction to Jai right. Miss. I remember I, I coached a bloke a couple of years ago, Craig, um, young fella in year eight, right? And we were doing this drill 
And these kids kept passing it inside 50 when they could have had shots for goal. Yeah. And I called everyone in and I pointed out this one kid. I said, Chris, every time you get the ball inside 50, you have a shot for goal. Why is that? He's like, because uh, I think I'm the best person who's going to have a shot who can kick the goal. And I was like, boys, you all need the same confidence as Chris. When you're inside 50 and you can have a sh- and you can kick the goal, now for year eights, that's more inside 30, kick a goal, back yourself in. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that would be Jaime's. If he just backs himself in every time he gets the ball and he's getting fed the ball inside the midfield, like from the midfielders, that would be elite. I think, yeah, Jaime's for the Coleman is my my big okay. shout. Okay. My my and you know what? Also, I'm gonna say Cooper Simpson for the for the bloody uh what's that? No rising star. There you go. Okay. There's another there one. Okay. There's two big the negative one is that Sean Darcy plays less than five games. And is is injured, and it's uh, you know, and on the flip side, that might be a positive because that means Luke Jackson's playing predominantly in the ruck and yeah, dominates. Wow. You know, it's one of those things where actually, I'd say this, Craig, and this is going to be a bold statement, and people people always bang on because I talk about the rucks a fair bit because I think it's a major. I think if Sean Darcy played less than five games, Luke Jackson may win the Brownlow. There you go. Wow. If you look at his wow. games when he when wow. Sean Darcy doesn't play, Luke Jackson is a freak. Yeah, he's so good, man. And like that's again, we go back to these two ruck situation. Yeah. And I'm like, I know, I know, Luke Jackson is the freak, and he can yeah. do all these different things, da da da. But if he's a freak and he's such a good player, put him on the ball, right, put him right. in the ruck. Like, yeah. why are we, why are we mucking well, around with someone else? Like, let's I'll, just have him. I'll tell you what you you may want to you may want to have the club send me some some Dockers gear because uh, that way I will not. And first of all, I do have a giant miss sticker on my desk at school, but uh, nice. to not, to not select him to win the Coleman because last year my choice choices for the Coleman and the Brownlow were uh, Tuke Miller. Oh yeah. And uh, oh gosh, I'm, I'm drawing a play. Todd, uh, the, the, the kid from Port Adelaide. Um, oh, Todd Marshall. Todd Marshall. Both of them oh got hurt. God, that's a t- Both of them Todd got Mar- hurt last year. So. Craig, I don't want to be rude, but Todd Marshall is a terrible pick, mate. That is uh, like, I just, mate, but, he's not know, even, he's not even the best forward at Port Adelaide. Well, but but Charlie Dixon was hurt to start the year, also. That's, yeah, that's, no, fair, yeah. fair dogs, fair That dogs. was, I thought, yeah, that was. Yeah. So, and then Georgie hurt his yeah. knee as well. So. so you know, people, you know, people don't want me to tip their players to win one of these awards because. You know, oh, even you the, the, the previous year, for some reason, the previous year, I think the person I had selected also got hurt. Uh, yeah. for you one put of the mush two. on him, mate. Put the mush on him. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. So, um, are you ready for some Dockers trivia before we wrap this thing up? Oh, yeah. Let's go for it. Oh, okay. see how it goes. Bloody hell. Okay. I have about, I think I have about seven or eight questions here for you. These five players okay. averaged more than 20 disposals per game in 2023 for the Dockers. Okay. All right. Let's go through them. It'd be uh, Sorong and Brayshaw. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. So that's two. I reckon Sorong, Brayshaw, Jago Mira wouldn't have. Um, maybe Liam Henry? That's three. Yep. You got two more. Uh, Luke Ryan. There's four. The back one. There's four. And I'm going to say Brennan Cox. Brennan Cox, the other one. Oh, you're up. Excuse me. Uh, No, Hayden Young was the fifth one. Hayden Young, yes, of course, as he rolled into the mids. Unfortunately, I was, I was, I had the cursor on my other screen, so I'm trying to roll it over here to the mute button, and that didn't quite work out the way I was hoping there. (laughs) That's all right. Just kind of there. That's all good. Yeah. So, um, these three players picked. 
33 plus goals for the club last year. Oh, um, John Miss, Lucky Schultz, and Manara Frederick. Frederick? Michael Frederick? Michael Walters. Michael Walters. Oh, yeah, of course, Sonny Kick, 30 goals. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, who had the highest disposal percentage for the club last year? And he actually had it the year before, also. Oh, Andy Brayshaw. As in, like, oh, disposal efficiency? Yeah, dis- yeah, d- yeah, deficiency. Yeah, efficiency. Yeah, uh, yeah Luke Ryan. Luke Ryan, Ryan gets about yep. 100. Yeah. So, Luke, so with that stat, Craig, I don't know if you know, if the ball goes uh, over 40 meters, it's counted as an um, effective disposal. So every time he kicks the ball over 40 meters, doesn't matter if it goes directly to the opposition, it's effective. <laughs> he's so just, that's why he's, he's if you look, if you look at the if you look at the efficiency stats, uh-huh. they are not yeah, that the the you'd think efficiency means it goes to your teammate. Right, it right. Doesn't. It yeah, just has to go mid, over 40 midfielders, meters. Midfielders tend to have a lower yeah, and that's because they, yeah. you know, they might hand pass it out in yeah. congestion, and it hits yeah, exactly. a hits yeah. a opposition or something like that, or it goes to a one on one. So yeah, it's a bit of a bit of an interesting stat. The old disp- yep. disposal efficiency. Yep. Okay. Uh, this twenty game player led the club with eight and one quarter one percenters per game last year. Ooh, one percenters would have been someone like Alex Pierce, but did he play twenty games? Did he play every game? It's not Alex Pierce. Uh, 20-game player. 1%ers. Ethan Hughes is a bit of a 1%er king. Did he play 20 games? Let me pull up. Or, my, uh, it, is, it is not Ethan Hughes. Uh, last guess is going to be Brennan Cox. It is Brennan Cox, yep. And yeah. Pier- Pierce played 23. Ethan yeah, Hughes no, played Pierce 20. played 23. But yeah. Ethan Hughes only had a little over two and a half per game, so he had eight and a quarter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Cox is bloody good at that. They are 1%ers. Now, this 23-game player, and I think I just gave it away to you there, yeah. uh, had the highest on-ground percentage for the, the club. Uh, Alex, Alex Pierce, he doesn't come off. Either. There you go. He's yep. like, You're right. It's so funny, Craig, because Alex Pierce is one of those guys. He's a captain. And people mm-hmm. are like, get rid of him. He's not a captain. Da, da, da. Yeah. No one knows what a captain does, man. It's not like cricket. Like People people think that, and it's there's the, obviously in Australia being cricket, the captain in cricket is like a coach. It's like an on-field coach who makes yeah, major decisions. Positioning people. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I started watching the cap- cricket quite a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but the captain in footy does nothing. They toss the coin. They give yeah. a bit of a rev up and that's they, it. They cost it. Like, they go, they point. We want to yeah. go that way. Exactly. Like, and that's probably predetermined anyway. So, right. you know, right. it's, it's, um it's one of those things where you just like, you know, what's the, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, who yeah. cares? Like if he's a good person around the club, that's what matters. If the players are like him, that's what matters. The players vote him in. So like right. old Joe blogs on the street band, like he doesn't go hard. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to be rude about Nat Fife, but he was the captain of our club for five years. And we didn't do very well. So like, he's a great player, but the club didn't do that well. Yeah. Alex Pierce is a captain. You know, we've done well on Alex Pierce. You know, last year wasn't as good. And look, the problem with Alex Pierce is when he makes mistakes, they cost goals mm-hmm. like because he's a fullback. So, like, he'll right, right. slip over and it, it is going to cost us a goal. But he's a champion player and we've got to give him more love. Otherwise, he'll bloody go to Tassie because he's from Tassie. He'll go to the Tassie team. It'll be towards yeah, the end of his yeah. year contract and the end of it. Sorry, not the end of his contract, the end of his career. And he'll he'll happily go to Tasmania. He goes back to Tasmania every year. He's from around Bernie. So, okay. you know, mm, All right. something is- to look out for. Have the Dockers won more games at Docklands, Marvel, or at the MCG in their history? Hey, and so Docklands is Marvel. 
Right. No, I know. Yeah, I, I put I put like Docklin slash Marvel. Oh, oh, so you mean Docklin yeah. slash Marvel yeah. or MCG? Or the MCG, yeah. Well, given we only play the MCG once a year, I'm going to say Docklin slash Etihad slash Telstra Dome slash Marvel. There you go. Okay, yeah. It, 24 wins, 46 losses at Marvel. 21 wins, 39 losses at the MCG. Yeah, so we by, played, I mean, under Ross, more. we played Marvel. We played Marvel really well under Ross. So where we play the MCG actually really well under JLo. We're, yeah. we're good at the MCG under JLo. Don't lose too many there. Now, this is the last question for you here. Which of these two players had more seasons as the club's leading goal kicker, Matthew Ooh. Taberner or Hayden Ballantyne? Oh, that's a good question. Because Ballas played when Pav played. I'm going to say Tabs won it like three times and Ballas won it twice. So I'll go with Tabs. Well, you're close. It was twice for Tabin or once for Ballantyne. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because yep. obviously Ballas, um, Ballas, Ballas played when Pav played. So, you know, he's um, he's not going to be the leading goal kicker. And Tabs, I mean, Tabs is a bit of a talk about an enigma. Like he hardly played last year. When he did, he looked completely like horribly out of touch. Looked like he didn't know where he was going. I mean, he's the type of guy that may come back into the team and, and do really well. But his when you when you look at the, I guess, the chemistry between Jai Miss, Josh Tracy, and Luke Jackson in the forward line, the triple J forward line, we used to call it, they they look good. But then you put Tabernar in there and it just went chaotic. And Josh Tracy as your second tour or your third tour compared to Tabs. Tabs is a better player, but Josh Tracy brings more. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see what we end up going with because, again, um, you know, Amis and Jackson kicked, uh, and I think it might have been Tracy. I don't know who the other player was actually. Kicked 11 goals between them in the practice match. Uh, so, you know, you, you, it is getting exciting in terms of us kicking goals. Like, it's it's kind of unheard of as a Dockers fan. Like, we generally, you know, under Ross, obviously, we, we were a historically low-scoring team. So, yeah. 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 He, yeah. Very much a defense, you know, defensive. Yeah. Defend first. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Tackle. Got to be able yep. to tackle before you can kick goals. Yeah. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, you were doing like live episodes right after the game. Yeah. Last year. Is that going to be happening again? Yeah. This that's, year? that's happening. And that's okay. going to be, hopefully, here's a little bit of an exclusive for you. Um, hopefully it'll be expanded a bit. So the new CBA that the, the players signed, uh, means that so what so just to go behind the the candelabra and tell you how the media works after every game there's usually about five players are put up so mm-hmm. they go these are the five players you can talk to so you might have one guy who ends up talking to channel seven abc and then comes and talks to us right so right. you know and, and like we try and we, we try not be too like a normal media oh how do you think you went you know like what yeah. what's going on yeah. da, da, da. so but this year with the new cba every one of the 23 players that have played that's including the sub. Okay, have to be available for to the media. Okay. So, like, if if we're like, hey, we want to talk to uh, Cooper Simpson, well, he had a pretty good game, or we want to talk to Ethan Hughes, or we want to talk to Bailey Banfield, or we yeah. want to talk to, we want to talk to Matt Tabernar, then that that's that's and we're, we'll probably go more player interviews and less okay. analysis. Okay, maybe a shorter analysis because it is quite hard to analyze a game straight after the game. Right, right. You know, emotions are running high. Either we've won and we're the greatest team of all time, or we've lost and, and we should blow. Hang on, that that's that's our song. Okay, just knock that stuff off right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, you guys keep you in our place. So it's a <laughs> oh mate, we just love the construction. Shout out to my guys from Dork Talk. We love the construction um end. If there's a if there's an end that's under construction, we're gonna win yeah. the game. I'll just let you know. So you better hope that stand gets built soon before it's we play done. It's done. 
we love kicking into empty stands yeah, and into like construction sites. So, uh, yeah, know, I mean, Craig, yeah, the final siren which is scored, which we do with the Dockers, that's get puts up on Docker TV um, and also released on the final siren podcast. Um, that's something we're really, you know, like we've worked alongside the Dockers now for this will probably be our fifth or sixth year. They're really great. Their media team's so great. They're so understanding of the fan voice. And, you know, the fact that me and Oz are the ones that kind of represent the fans in that fan voice is really special to us and we understand it. Um, and we're really, really, um, you know, proud to be a part of that. And we hopefully give a little bit of an understanding of how fans are feeling post-game and stuff like that, especially after a win. So we're in the change rooms after the game. We'll probably have, you know, maybe two interviews now, which will I'm be cool. good rather than just one. And we'll have less analysis, which, and I, you know, I, I think that's what the, what the people want. I'd heard a little bit about this. And this kind of bodes well for me coming this year because I'm, once I set the dates and that sort of thing, figure out. And one of the drawbacks of when I'm coming is that they have not locked in the date, you know, the dates for those particular rounds. Oh yeah, for those games. Yet. But yeah. you know, I but I want to be able to reach out to the cats and say, hey, I'm going to be there. You know, I've been. Yeah, definitely. I, I do this podcast, and I'm hoping you're hoping to get you know some yeah. media access, if you will, whether it even be during after a training session or something like that. Maybe not after. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, reach hoping, out to them. That's a big that thing. That's like, going to happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, talk to talk to the media teams. Remember, like yeah. they're just normal people. Like yeah, that's the thing. Like even yeah. though they work at footy clubs, they are normal people. Right, right. So yeah, getting and like getting that exposure to someone from over the US yeah. coming over, and they yeah. they might get excited about that. So yeah, I definitely start making your inroads now. To like and like even talk to AFL House and be like, hey, well, I do a podcast in America, and um, you know, like I'm trying to spread the word. Like you know, there used to be a guy, Greg, believe it or not, there used to be a guy who used to go to Dockers games and Eagles mm-hmm. games. And he was from uh, AFL USA okay. and he had media credentials and he used to go to presses. Mm-hmm. And after one of the press conferences or during one of the press conferences, he asked a question that was like, what is this guy doing? Like, what is this question? And I'm, I don't know if his media pass got revoked or it was like, a, oh, how did this guy go? And like the guy wasn't playing or like it was one of those ones where it's like, what what are you asking bud like what the hell's going on i have to try and bring it up it's like what one of the worst questions ever asked in a coaching um like in a in a post 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 game thing and they i think they let him stay for the rest of the year and they're like you're not allowed to ask any questions but like it is it is a yeah it's a weird thing but look with these with this thing with the access to the players Mm -hmm. i think that's really going to be beneficial to not only the players because we're like we're fans we're not like mate why did you play so crap like you suck Like yeah. we know we're not as good as these guys. So it's like, it's it's a bit more lighthearted. It's a bit easier. It's a bit of more of a like, talk us through your experience at the club. And it's a little bit more holistic and things right, like that. Right. Not necessarily like, oh, hey, you missed that shot for goal. Like what's going through your head? Like what's wrong with you? Like, why are you so crap? You know, and people can go back and watch the Bailey Banfield interview. People know that we slag off Bailey Banfield most games and he's like our whipping boy. But we interviewed him after a game and it was like, He's like, I'm like looking him in the eyes, being like, please don't punch me in the head. I hope you haven't listened to the Purple Rain. And like, even like guys like Chris Mayne, like Maney, who I work with, um, and he like I, I was his boss last year and mm-hmm. the year before. Mate, when he when he used to play for the Dockers, I used to slag him off as well. Like, and thankfully he hasn't those those episodes are no longer on the internet. Uh, you know, uh, it's, you move. just get to know people and yeah. you're like, yeah, well, I, I we changed podcast providers and they just okay. disappeared. I don't know what okay. happened to them. Uh, no one needs to go back and listen to our old episodes. Um, yeah, Craig, but it's it's one of those things that I think we'll, we'll have really, like we are stepping up a few things with our podcast. The, okay. the preview shows for the Purple Rain probably aren't going to happen this year just because of life gets busy and, you know, 
I, I, we struggle to find the time, but the review right. shows are going to be a bit better. We're going to add in a video element potentially. Our social media games going up a bit because we've got got some people in to help out with that. So that'll okay. all get announced with our podcast. And where can people where can people find you on your socials if they want to give you a follow? Yeah, so we're we're at Purple Rain ninety five Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we're at the Purple Rain ninety five on TikTok. Um, and we, our Gmail is the purple rain 95 at gmail.com. And, and if you just look up purple rain, rain being R E I G N, um, on, on all your places that you get, uh, podcasts, we're on there. So, and also obviously we do the final siren with the dockers. So subscribe to their YouTube channel. And um, we'll also be on YouTube, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, um, purple rain 95 on YouTube, it'll probably be as well. Okay. So it's just one of those things where we, yeah, we're moving into the video realm because we like, I don't know, I don't know if you're on much social media, Craig, but like most of the social media I follow or goes into my feed is just yeah. videos of people on podcasts, like talking right, like right. this, you know? So yeah. it's one of those things that we know we've got to, if we step that up, we may expand our listenership. And it's one of those things, guys. I mean, if you're a Dockers fan, hopefully, you know, you give us a listen and you give us a chance and um, we go from there. Yeah. I mean, I've started to move things over to YouTube as well. Uh, I've even I've even started to put a few things up on Rumble as well, um, which is kind of a YouTube competitor that basically doesn't throttle things that they don't that that they don't like. They basically say, as long as you're not, you know, doing something is criminal, post yeah. whatever you'd like. Okay. So yeah. it's a, yeah, I, I've start I've got a few things there. I'm not any good at editing video right now. So a lot of it, yeah. it's what we've that's got a, here. That's a hard thing, Craig. And like, yeah. we've, we've actually got someone coming on to yeah. do that. See, like I, I'm, we, a, I'm a one man yeah. show. Yeah. Well, Craig, I will say this, mate. I'll let you know in between a little, so Wazza, I was getting Wazza on to um, uh-huh. come to the podcast, the preview show. It was like, what's your address? And I said to him, mate, so I've been podcasting for, this will be my ninth year of podcasting, me and Oz. Obviously, Oz handles all the podcasting side of things. I do the show notes and things like that. Uh-huh. And I said to Wazza, I said, mate, I don't know how to do a podcast face-to-face. I only know how to do it over Zoom. Like I hit record and that's like similar yeah. to what we're doing now. I was like, I like you can't come to my address. I don't know how to do it, man. Like yeah. I don't know how to do a face-to-face podcast. I have the equipment for that and I've only, I've only used it. I mean, I, I, I use it when I record solo episodes. Uh, yeah. But I've only used it in person one time. I've only done one in-person interview. Yeah, that's ever. it. Like I don't, yeah. but I don't know how to use it, Craig. Like yeah. I got no idea. Oh, that's all. Oz's. That's his forte. He's the producer. He produces yeah. everything. And it's I'm a like, great tool. Uh, yeah. But like, that's. The, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like you think about it. Like I've been podcasting for nine years. Still, I actually couldn't tell you how to record a podcast. Yeah, couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you what's going on. Like, and like I know how to do it over Zoom because I just hit record, like you did. That's it. So like I rely on a lot of people to help us out and like, you know, like me and I was rely on each other so well. And that's why we have got a good podcast because we've got a really great synergy and on what each person does and brings to the table. And it's, it's been really great. And look, we're really looking forward to this year. And hopefully, you know, our big thing is we started in 2016 and that's when the mm-hmm. Dockers fell off a cliff. Right. And right. Two years ago, we had a really great season. You know, we played Collingwood in the, in the semifinal, we lost and, you know, we beat Bulldogs in that epic final the week before. And then last year was just, it was like, oh my God, we're back to the, you know, back to the pile. Like yeah, we yeah. just suck. 
Yeah. So, well, I, I think, yeah. the, I think I do think the cats, they've got, you know, their windows not completely shut yet, but it's, it's closing. Yeah. Well, I called, I said the cats were going to finish like bottom eight, low bottom 10. Yeah. Two years ago when they won the flag. So, you know, like I can't, I don't, I can never predict the cats. I think they're going to be crap every year. I'm like this year, surely, surely they're going to be crap. Yeah. Like surely, but like, every I, year they play well and they play well at, in, I think they're going to, and... I think they're going to, you're going to see, you know, a significant, turnover after this year yeah i think you're, you've yeah. got at least like there's probably four at least four big yeah. names that won't be back after this year is hawkins coming back? hawkins is coming back hawkins is so back like hawkins, this year so is mitch duncan, Dangerfield, mitch duncan um, yeah reese stanley's um, back again uh zach yeah. Tui's back but I, I i think well i think danger may come back next year I, I i have a funny feeling the rest of those guys may not be back you know jake cole jazzy may not be back either you know it's uh what do you got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven guys over the age of thirty. Yeah. And like, you know, Jeremy Cameron, Tom Stewart. Yeah. Tom right, Stewart's right. old. Like people forget that because he got recruited when he was like 24, mm -hmm. didn't he? Got right, drafted. right. Guthrie, Cam Guthrie, Gary Rowan, mm -hmm. Blitzabs. Yeah. You know, all these guys are, yeah. And like Hawkins and Tui. I didn't realize Tui was so old. I suppose he did play a fair bit at um Carlton, didn't he? Yeah. So, yep. you know, you've got you've got your older players, but you never know. Like, it's just a matter of, yeah, what do you get through those? And I think with you guys, just looking at your list now, you've got a lot of guys that have played over 100 games and then a lot of guys that haven't played much games. So you've yeah. got to yeah. – it's it's pretty hard. But getting guys like Sam DeConing and, and Ollie Henry and Tanner Brewer and, you yeah. know, guys like that, Stegel, like, you know, they're, they're, they're good players, but it yeah. unfortunately they're yeah, – you kind of they fill in the gaps players like, yep. apart yep. from DeConing, who's a gun like DeConing yeah. is an absolute gun and like he's but yeah it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how you guys go this it year and it will be yep it, it'll only take an injury to tom Hall. like if, if jeremy cameron in particular gets injured i think you're in a bit of trouble i think uh, you, you know you I might be right you. you might be yeah. right yep anyway well, right, well i appreciate yeah. you taking time out of your morning there sir i hope uh thanks man um I will not think less of you if you decide to walk around with ice cubes in your underwear all day long today. Yeah, it's um, going to be hot, mate. Aircon's <laughs> on. It's couch time today, yeah. mate. It's uh, it's already. I'll just see if the temp's going up. It is thirty-one point four at the moment. So yeah, it's uh, wow. It's it's going to be pressing up. Yeah, thirty-seven by yeah forty. What do you got? Forty-three at three o'clock. That's the annoying thing. Like once upon a time, the heat, the peak heat time was like midday now uh -huh. it's like two o'clock i don't understand why what i don't know if that's because I'm, I'm i was a kid back in the day and i used to think that was the hottest time of the year yeah. or day sorry but like two and three o'clock is the hottest time of the day at night. yeah so it's like you finish your day up and you're like man it's still stinking hot like i can't do anything after school it's oh, too yeah. hot like maybe yep. go for a swim and that's what i should be doing going i know for that swim, so. well go do that yeah. then man hey all right then Craig. i appreciate it cheers Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Uh -huh. Duck, I want to thank you so very much for sitting down to chat again. You've been a great friend of the podcast. I love what you're doing there. You uh, you have a, a great setup going along with your club and the relationship that you have with the, the Dockers organization is is something that uh, is very envious uh, for, well, for me. But I think a lot of people who are doing podcasts, the relationship that you developed is absolutely awesome. Now, folks, uh, remember, you can find everything about my podcast over at my website, iyankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll check it out over there. Uh, you can get on my mailing list. So when new episodes come out, they're in your inbox very quickly. 
Uh, you can leave a review. So if you want to help out the podcast, that'd be a great way to do it. Also, if you want to help the podcast out financially, you can check out my Redbubble store page over on uh, my website as well, yankinthefooty.com, or you can click on that buy me a coffee button. There's a little yellow button on both sides of the website there. If you want to contribute to the podcast, help keep it up and running. Keep in mind, I am making my first trip to Australia this July. I am very excited about that. Um, so if you want to help out, you can certainly do that. If you've got an idea for a, a guest for the podcast, please reach out to me as well. Uh, my email and all my socials are listed there, but my email is yankonthefooty at gmail.com. I spend a lot of my time on Facebook and Twitter related to the podcast. So at yank underscore on on Twitter or X or yank on the footy podcast over on Facebook. I am on Instagram, LinkedIn as well there. Now, folks, look out for one another. Check up on your friends. Make sure they're okay. Reach out to somebody if you need to talk. I put all those numbers in the show notes every single episode. So if you need to speak to somebody, please do not hesitate to do so. All right. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, this is, again, a labor of love on my part. Uh, after uh, this whirlwind weekend here, uh, I will have 14 of the 18 clubs uh, episodes recorded and uh, about five of them already released. And so you know, I've got a lot of work to get caught up on then as well. So. Again, I appreciate the kind words, and as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post, and I will catch you later. This has been episode 308 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, you can reach me at yank underscore on X or Twitter, or yankonthefooty at gmail.com. Find me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and on Facebook as well. All those links are on my website, ayankonthefooty.com. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family. And until next time, cheers. <laughs>